from the Acme Podcasting Company. This is Exhibit. Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, Sculpture. I'm Arlene Bynum. It's the first exhibition of Whitney's work since her death in 1942, and it reveals a side of this avant-garde artist which often gets lost in her social notoriety. An accomplished sculptor who studied under Rodin in Paris and ultimately began the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York City. Gertrude was also a pioneer as a female artist at a time when women were not given credit for their talent or their work. The traditional life of a well-bred lady of her time and her class was not enough for her. And so she determined to become a professional sculptor. She was probably, uh, if you'll forgive the expression, the alpha (laughs) of, of the siblings. And that was a powerful group of siblings. This podcast will take you into the exhibition and hopefully to the essence of Gertrude herself, the little girl who knew she wanted to be an artist, the patriot who was deeply impacted by World War I, the wife, the romantic, the devoted sister, the mother, and the grandmother. Her life and all her loves were reflected in her art. Most people in those days portrayed these soldiers as heroic. She portrayed them as they were in World War I. I see the imprint of her very fingers in these bronzes, and they're very moving because all of her deep feelings about the war and suffering are are in them. Here is Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney Sculpture, Part 2. Before we go back inside for part two of the exhibit, I would like to welcome back my good friend and our guide on this podcast, John LeBoutlier, former congressman and great-grandson of Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney. John, in part one, we got an idea of the scope and the history and the uniqueness of what we're seeing in these sculptures for the first time in this public exhibit, and then got into the family stories. And we're going to continue with that in part two. In part two, we're going to talk to Gertrude's two grandchildren who knew her, my aunt, Flora Biddle, who was the third president of the Whitney Museum and has written two books about Gertrude and really, I think, uh, encapsulates the, the spirit of Gertrude, the strength of her that's transmitted throughout all her art. And I'm, I'm proud of what Flora has done. And I think she's proud of this show. And then we'll meet Lev Miller, Gertrude's grandson, who as a young boy saw Gertrude's studio uh, succumb to a hurricane. All right, John, let's meet them and go back inside. I would like to welcome Leverett Miller. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You're the grandson of Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, and as we look at this and examine the meaning of this exhibition, it is about the works in front of us. And Leverett, you saw some of those works disappear in a very infamous hurricane in the 1930s. 1938, you're right. And it was um, an absolutely devastating hurricane to this area, of Newport, New Bedford, this whole area. I was in my grandmother's house, which was on the cliff walk here in Newport. 
And I was told not to go near the windows because it was very dangerous. They could blow in. But of course, being a seven-year-old, <laughs> I went right to the windows. And I got behind the curtain and started to watch. And I saw the waves of salt water come up on the lawn, which was a huge um, amount of feet up from the ocean. So that was a shock. And then as I'm watching, I saw her studio, which was full of sculptures that she was in the process of doing, picked up and carried out to sea. And what did you do? How did you tell your grandmother? I, I, her, we called her Gamu. So I ran through the house to Gamu and I said, you know, Gamu, Gamu, the, your, your studio just went out to sea. And of course, it was totally devastating for her. She came running into the, the room and looked out and there it was gone. Totally gone. Did she ever talk about what was in there in the aftermath? Did she say well, what she was working on? No. She probably did. I, I didn't I didn't know. I just knew that I had been in there with her and I knew that she had many, many works in there um, that were ongoing and beautiful things. So there were things half done and that picture must stay in your mind because when you're seven in a strange way you see things in probably even more poignant light than an adult. You're right, Arlene. I see it to this day. I, it's very vivid. So you watched things go out to sea, a tragedy, and now you're looking at an exhibition of your grandmother's work, and she took tragedy as a woman of the time. She bucked the societal norms, and there we have in this exhibition her perception of tragedy, whether it be war, whether it be the unemployed. What is that like for you to look and have seen both things? Well, to me, it's it's absolutely amazing because she was one of the very few people who portrayed the wounded. Most people in those days portrayed the soldiers as heroic. She portrayed them as they were in World War One. The, the soldiers that were gassed, that were wounded, that were crippled. And at the time, I don't think anybody else was doing that. And the, you see in this show many of those works. And they're very moving to me, extremely moving. Because as you know, the wounded warrior is a very big symbol in this country. And she did a lot of those. When you look at it... Time changes how we look at art, and we are in different times. We've been touching upon the fact that she was a woman who bucked the societal norms. That is getting another another push forward at this time. We're watching women rise up in different ways. Do you feel that looking at these sculptures? No, no question. And I think that her road of doing that was much tougher than now. Um, because it was so totally against the norm in her time. She was way ahead of her time in a lot of ways. I mean, first during World War I, she went to France. She, she went to the, near the front, founded a hospital because there wasn't one there. She drove an ambulance. She became a nurse. I mean, she was way ahead of her time to me, and a, an amazing woman. Do you feel that more now when you look at the sculptures? Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. It's it's like looking at the proof of her 
which I think of as genius. You know, I think she was an amazing woman. Leverett Miller, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your stories today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Arlene. Now, we're just getting such a picture here of a powerful woman in history and how it came through in the art. And one of the ways that really is striking me is of how it applies today. And we do know that one of the legacies of Gertrude is a most famous museum. And we're about to hear from one of your relatives who had a lot to do with keeping that way. Correct. That's the Whitney Museum of Art. And the third president of that museum was Gertrude's granddaughter, Flora Biddle. I would like to welcome Flora Biddle. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. What a time it is after you holding the torch at the Whitney Museum, and then you look at this exhibition of all the sculpture of your grandmother. What strikes you as you look at the work today? How What a very good artist she was, and how much of her beliefs and feelings are in the work, as well as beauty and expertise, and she was just really a terrific artist. There is no one better to talk to about the power of Gertrude Whitney Vanderbilt, and it all started in a little place in New York, and then it evolved into the museum, which you have been such a big part of. How does that small to large look to you today? Extraordinary, and yet Gertrude really felt so strongly that this is what should happen, that Americans should recognize the art of their own country as they did not in her time. And that has really happened. And I can sense that when I look at, the, well, when I look at this exhibition, which is so very beautiful of her work, but also when I see people coming from all over the world to her Whitney Museum, which is now much, much bigger in every way, including the people who appreciate it. And at that time, the transformation was really immense, and we really can't overstate it. You know, when the rich and the wealthy and those who loved art, when they wanted new things and moving pieces, they often went to Europe. And now, and things changed so many years ago, and look where we are now. American art is the most sought after in the world today, I believe. And it all started from that moment. You know, one of the themes that has been striking me as I talk to members of your family and stare at these sculptures is how very modern this message is. You know, Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney buck the trend of her times. She did not adopt the social norms for a wealthy lady of her times. Right. And it showed up in the artwork, and look where we are now. Does that strike you as we we look at women who are pushing forward into the world in so many ways? Does that accomplishment of your grandmother stand out for you today? Oh, absolutely, it does. My grandmother was a, um, an artist who did not think of herself as a woman um, accomplishing things. She just thought of herself as an artist who wanted to work. And 
I think that later we realized how amazing it was that a woman had done as much as she did. I still think it's extraordinary. And now I see so much more of women's art in all museums, but especially maybe in the Whitney. And it makes me, makes me feel great. It is. And the message really is the same, isn't it? Meaningful work. Yes. And contributing and being taken as equal. And that was a battle even for a wealthy woman so many years ago. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, wealth had nothing to do with that particular thing for my grandmother, certainly. And her descendants don't have that kind of money at all. And yet, somehow, artists without the money that so many people write about these days and see in the very one top 1%, is it called? And the artists are definitely not in that percent, but yet they're the leaders, it seems to me, in our country. And many, many of them are, are women. As you talk about women and strong women, you are one of them. And I know you wrote a book about uh, the women of your family. Again, you know, as we look at things in the modern focus, does even your personal story and your family story, does it seem a little more intense right now? Yes, it resonates for me because I spent like five years writing the Whitney women and the museum they made and learned a lot about how difficult it was for, well, first for my grandmother to be recognized, which she never felt that she was. And then for me, when I first became president of the Whitney and for my mother, who carried on after her mother had died, it was very difficult because she didn't have the self-confidence that comes with acceptance and recognition that women have long needed and now at last are, I think, achieving. When you look at this exhibit and also the work in the Whitney, all artists leave a message. Hers was extraordinary because of all the things we're talking about, being a woman of that time and having to buck the trend. But she also showed things in a very real way, in a way that other artists weren't showing it. When you look at that now through these sculptures, what are you seeing? Well, I think the sculptures that perhaps move me the most are those that she made um, of this people who were in World War I, who were suffering and leading and the soldiers and sometimes the Red Cross nurse which she also was, I see these the imprint of her very fingers in these bronzes, and they're very moving because all of her deep feelings about the war and suffering are, are in them, and they're very beautiful and very moving. She also made some about love and some of people who serve. There's one of a nun and one of a guard at the Whitney Museum. She was, she, she yes, she focused on people who gave of themselves, I think you'd say. When you look at 
this attention that she's getting now, often in art, and it is not unusual that artists gain popularity or notoriety or we understand new meaning of them because we look at them in a different time. Posthumously, they can grow. She struggled to be given credence as a great artist, and she achieved it. But is there a sense that there might be even more respect we're giving her now? Yes, I think so. I think people are recognizing that we need art more than we need war, for instance. I think many people are starting to see that we are in different kinds of dangers today than we were, than was recognized anyway in her time. And that makes people drawn to art. The Whitney Museum has never had so many people coming to it. It's quite extraordinary. There are lines around the block to its new building in the meatpacking district in New York, and it's quite amazing to see this. Flora Biddle, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thanks kindly, and congratulations on all you've done. Thank you so much. What incredible stories, John. What's it like for you not only to see this exhibit come out into the public and see it come to fruition, and also to hear your family members talk about all the challenges that are a big part of your family's history, and also what made Gertrude the artist and the historical person that she is right now? Well, Arlene, I had one purpose as the the family member who sort of pushed and pushed and then helped organize that this show get done. My purpose was to honor Gertrude, the artist, period, that I felt, and I think you do too, now that you've immersed Mm -hmm. yourself in the history of this woman, that she was short shrifted during her life on this part of her life, that people didn't take her seriously because she was rich and a woman and all that, yet it was her passion in life. And I felt, and I'm happy it's happened, that there should be a show just about her art not about all the other stuff. And I think we've we've succeeded at that. It, it's very true. I was really surprised by the almost new message here. You know, I, as I interviewed and talked to your relatives and the curator, I, we all kept kind of marveling on how this is another moment for women. And throughout all their stories, I kept wondering what Gertrude would have felt about this moment. And it's ironic in a way, because this is obviously 2019. It's 100 years since women's suffrage in the United States. I'm guessing that uh, Gertrude was big for that. I know that she voted. She was active politically. Her son, Sonny Whitney, Cornelius Vanderbilt Whitney, ran for Congress in 1932 here on Long Island as a Democrat. And Gertrude was a Republican, so she voted for Hoover Mm -hmm. for president as a Republican and voted for her son, Sonny Whitney, (laughs) as a Democrat (laughs) for the House of Representatives. So she was into it, you know. And I like to think in a funny way that if she were here today, she'd be proud of me, that I have tried to do things in public life and, and especially having to do with the military and soldiers and all. And I feel a little bit of her spirit in me that's in this show because you can feel her empathy towards these soldiers. We have one thing in the show that we haven't described, too, which is her nurse's uniform that was in the breakers where she grew up and stayed there in storage. And 
it's been cleaned and, and, and put on a mannequin in the show from when she was working in her hospital in France. She made it the American Field Hospital. She started the hospital, Arlene. She funded it. And then she went over there and actually nursed wounded French and American soldiers in that hospital. And we have it in the show because it fits with the sculptures of these poor, suffering young men. And such a tie-in because art is something that makes people better and it comes from other human beings and certainly that is one of the big driving forces of this exhibit and the new possibilities and the new energy and the new time for women as we hear these stories we realize that a lot of this stuff was happening many many years ago thank you john thank you arlene This has been Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, Sculpture. Our thanks again to John Le Boutelier, Flora Miller-Biddle, Leverett Miller, Dr. Ellen Roberts, and Alfred Vanderbilt. I'm Arlene Vinan, and this has been Exhibit from the Acme Podcasting Company. <laughs>